This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate. Then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com and join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hello from London. Welcome to the Vile Farm. That's the best thing. So bad. It's so bad. No. Uh, that's the best I got. How would you say what's up with a London ac- British accent? A good day, mate. What's up? What's up, everybody? What's going on? How you going? Anyway, uh, welcome to the Vile Files. Uh, 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 coming to you live. My vagina. Not live. <laughs> Ellie. Inappropriate. <laughs> Allie, you're cut off. I just sounded like I sounded like a dad, like on a road trip. Yeah, Allie, (laughs) we are not stopping at Starbucks if you continue to talk like that, young lady. (laughs) Well, special episode. We are coming to you, Natalie and I, from our hotel room once again in London. And uh, (laughs) Natalie, what? I can't. I don't have a like. I I don't have an accent. It's joyful. Um, it's uh, wonderfully terrible. But Natalie is with us, our guest. Welcome, Natalie. Thank you, love. You have a wonderful British accent. Ladies, how, how are you? How Are you guys keeping the fort down? We're holding it down. We are here. It's just we... on fire behind y'all. Yeah. yeah. Burns down. It's the goop store. In There's the an middle. Explosion. It's great. Is it, is it weird seeing my empty chair like across the room? Not really because yeah. you're like six inches away from it, but I guess. I, I guess. find okay. it kind of disconcerting. It feels like a ghost situation <laughs> thank you amanda that's eh, fine <laughs> who needs I was them like, you know you're good <laughs> you can stay well natalie returns after hot off yesterday's episode we are in london i suppose everyone wants to get an update on the lake house so we'll kick off with that it was it was glorious i think the coolest thing for me seeing the lake house so we we drove up and I, I was pretty nervous because, you know, I had not been there since I was like 10. It's been 30 years. For the people who have asked, like, why have I never gone up uh, in these past 30 years? Well, one was part of the reason is right after my grandfather passed, passed away and they sold the property, it was, I think, the first Mother's Day following my family selling the house. And for whatever, I think my mom wanted to go up and like see the house like for Mother's Day. So we drove up there as a family and we all ate lunch on the porch of the of the house next to my parents lake house. And I had this vivid memory seeing this new family, like walking in and out of the house, playing in the yard, playing on the deck. And I just and I was just it was like torture for me. And so I had this like. I never want to see this again. And then again, I was only 10 years old. So, you know, I just kind of lived my life and went to school and high school. And by the time I was an adult, it was like this place, this mythical place that I would always dream about. And I just, it was like, I just never wanted to go up and visit and see someone else enjoy the house. It was always in the back of my mind, 
like something I had hoped that, you know, my mom's brothers would want to like buy and bring it back in the family. Some of them are pretty successful. So that was kind of always a dream that I had. And it wasn't until last year where I finally like realized I was in a position to possibly like, you know, afford it if it was available. And then as we all know, that didn't happen. But um, so when we drove up, it was it was pretty sur- surreal. The biggest takeaway for me was like I've had this recurring dream of being on the lake and 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 being at this house. And the dream is essentially like I'm just either on the lake or in the house, and and it's like back in my family's possession. And the coolest thing about visiting the lake is that. You know, because when I was going up there, I wasn't sure, like, what would it be like? Would I remember it the same way? Would, you know, because I had so many recurring dreams about this place, would I go up there and go, this is not the place I've been dreaming about. It's been 30 years. I haven't really been looking at pictures or anything like that. It's all been in my memory uh, of the house and the property and the view and just the lake. And I got to say, like, it is everything I've been dreaming about for the past 30 years, which was really cool to that end it actually feels like when i was up there it felt it felt like i was having one of the dreams that i so often had over the past 30 years to like it was this really kind of weird where nothing changed in my head about what i had been dreaming about what i had remembered versus like being back up so that was like it was kind of meta where it was like am i it's like i it it felt like i was having a dream being on the lake it was it was kind of cool so when we drove up, the guy who owns it and his wife were there. He was outside in the front and he greeted us right away. Just want to say that lovely family, lovely people, uh, very gracious, you know, because when I reached out, like obviously they had just bought the property. And when I had reached out and asked to go up, like you have to recognize that like it must have been like a little awkward for them knowing that like I wanted to buy it. They wanted to buy it too. You know, we certainly try to like guilt them into like, you know, selling it. The to negotiations me. And, were attempted. Yeah, right. And there's a bit of a negotiation, and so like, and they decided to to keep it, and they had the right to do that. So clearly, like when we when we showed up, like there was definitely a little bit of awkwardness, right? And so we walked down to the the front, and like you know, my mom's just obviously wonderful and very emotional, and she has a huge emotional attachment to this property. And so we tried our best, like, and I tried to prepare my mom, like, mom, like, I know you're trying to like calm your expectations, but like, I just, let's just, let's just go up there. Let's enjoy just seeing the property for the first time in a very long time. Let's try not to have any expectations, but we both knew in the back of our mind, like we, we hoped that they, we would get out of the car and the couple, the, the current owners would just like, be like, oh, do you want to just like, we don't want this place anymore. Like, you know, we, you, even though we knew that wasn't going to happen, like I knew, especially my mom was like hoping like immediately we were going to like be sussing out their vibe, like their attach, uh, attachment to the house. And so much that when my, when we like walked down the hill around the front, the, the missus was, you know, out there reading, uh, on the patio and my mom turns to me and like whispers under her breath. She goes, they're not selling. And I'm like, mom, we just got here. Calm down. You know, like, you know, it's just like, what did you expect? You know, like she couldn't, but like, obviously she has this emotional attachment to it. And so they gave us, you know, a tour of, of the inside. I mean, they didn't really, they were really, what was really sweet about them is like, they were just as like almost excited to hear 
like our stories of the place. You're like, and I don't know if they were, that was just them just saying, you know, let them tell their stories and get it out of their system, so to speak, or, or they were naturally curious, but I think they were, cause they would be like, well, was this here when y'all were, you know, did, did y'all put this in or did, did the, at uh, the previous on, like, how did this it, get here? Yeah. They really hadn't done a lot. It was kind of fascinating. Like there was a lot of things that the previous owner who owned it for 30 years left and preserved. So like when we were kids, there was like this swing set, which is basically two, it was like two metal poles. It was like a very old school kind of like, you know, something that was really made like well years ago, like 50, 30, 30, 40 years ago. But it was this two metal poles. My mom had took the actual wooden swing when they, when they sold the place, but the poles that held the swing was still there. So I was like shocked to see that. And so that was there. And then this birdhouse that my great grandfather built like 40, 50 years ago was still there. It was a little run down, but like that was still standing there. The steps leading down to the lake, when we were kids, like when they built the house, my mom had, she was one of, of six kids. And so, you know how when you like pour concrete, the kids always like write their name in the concrete. Mm -hmm. So uh, when they built the house, they, all the kids did that. So the steps leading down to the lake, it, it was, you know, Craig, Paul, Mark, Jim, Mary, John. And so when we were kids, we would like play hot, hopscotch like down the stairs and like memorize all the names. And I thought there was no, I thought like they must, they, they certainly like replaced the, those like steps, but like you could see very faintly that they were still there. Like you could like make out the Y and my mom's name. So like that was all still there. It was all very cool. And so they graciously took us out on the lake and did like a really slow pontoon ride around the lake. You could tell like we were like feeling each other out, right? Like, you know, I was just trying to just enjoy it. And, you know, my parents started asking them questions. And, like, you could tell my parents trying to, like, suss out, like, how much they liked living there, like, hoping for, like, a glimmer of, like, a sign that maybe, you know, it wasn't, like, everything they thought it might be. Like, it was, fourth of the, of, it was around the 4th of July, and it was just the two of them. And they're like, oh, you guys having family up? And, they were like, oh, no, our, our, their, their kids, like, had some other plans. And so, like, you could tell, like, me and my parents were just, like, interesting. Like, hmm, maybe, like, their kids, you, know, you could almost sense a slight maybe, and I don't know if this was us, like, reaching, but, like, you could almost sense a slight maybe disappointment where, like, they had bought the property with these hopes that their kids would come up and enjoy the lake house. And it sounds like they had done that in previous weekends, but this was, you know, Fourth of July weekend, and they weren't up there. So we're like, oh, maybe they're, maybe like, maybe their kids like are just like, you know, they're in their adult lives doing their own thing. So we were definitely like trying to like suss them out. But again, just they were very lovely and very nice and very gracious because like I do, I give them a lot of credit because it must have been a little awkward to have us as like as, you know, it, it just, just had to have been like, cause they knew we wanted it. Right. And like, there was a moment after the pontoon boat ride where uh, the mister like kind of asked me some questions and I just didn't know what to say because I was really just trying not to like bring anything up. I wasn't I didn't want to put him in an awkward position. Like I really was just trying to be grateful that they allowed us up to just enjoy it. And then we kind of sat at the patio and, you know, talked a little bit and like talked about some memories. There was this one point my dad goes, yeah, I really think this is like the best 
best property on the lake. And me and my mom were like, Dad, shut the fuck up. Like, try to, like, what do you feel like? Wow, this is worst. really run down and it's going to take a yeah, ton like, of money oh, to fix. This is, yeah, this is terrible. Have they found out um, about the termite infestation yet? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, other than that, I mean, you could tell that there was a couple moments where I felt like I was like, I was like, Mom, like, lock it up, keep it together. Because you could, I could tell my mom was getting emotional. But because you also have to keep in mind, like, you know, while granted, like my grandfather built it and I have this emotional attachment to it and certainly my mom does as well, the the family who bought it, like it would make sense that there was probably like a, a, a dream home that they had imagined buying for some time. And they actually, they gave us some context too. They basically, they told a story. There was another property on the lake that they bid for. They had an accepted offer and I won't go into the details, but a bit, eventually some very unique situation happened where at the last minute it was pulled out from under them. Mm. And so they so, had like, an even tighter it, grasp on it, this one. But it really helped explain like why with our property, you know, like could you imagine like they had this other property they thought they were going to get, they had all these plans at the last minute, someone came in and some very unique situation caused them not to be able to purchase this. And then they get an, another accepted offer on this place. And then like, I come in and be like, no, wait, I want it. I have dibs. Like it, it helped at least explain why it, like why they were committed to like not listening to other offers and they just wanted to, to get it. So, I mean, it, it helped, it, it made, at least made me understand the situation a little bit better as hard as it was to hear. But like, Again, it was it was very nice. I was really thankful that they had us up. I mean, it's for the, all the people uh, wondering like what's next. I mean, the what's next is like nothing, unfortunately. Like, and I emailed them afterwards and thanked them again and just reiterated that like if they knew other properties on the lake that might go up for sale to keep me posted, but uh, specifically if they decide to let it go to let me know. And I honestly like I would say like 60-40 they're going to keep it. You know, because I definitely think if if I were trying to make a case for like optimism, like this is a couple that is, is like nearing retirement. They're actually like that's like they're basically around my parents' age, right? They're not quite retired, and they have children who seem to be in their early adult. And it's just like they probably imagined buying a place like this when their kids were a little bit younger, but they just for whatever reason weren't able to do that, and now they have it, and now their kids are like. Um, you know, living their lives. And this is a property that's, it's, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's very, you know, it's a lot of property. It potentially is a lot to take care of. Like it's a lot, right? And so the hope is they get up there, they really enjoy it. It's nice, but you know, their kids aren't enjoying it as much as they had hoped. And there's, it's just a lot of work. And then ultimately they're like, Hey, we got a couple good, you know, summers out of it. You know, maybe we'll just, see if you know nick wants to get it so that that's the hope i think the key is how much do their kids use it you know they, they seem like a like a, a couple that they enjoyed have they were very gracious it, I, it seemed like they might like enjoy entertaining and like having people like very very friendly people you know because it would make sense right it would make sense that they bought it with like these dreams of how it's going to be utilized in the family and it could just easily you know how sometimes you you buy something thinking you can get a lot of use out of it and it just doesn't go that way mm -hmm. and that might change like what you decide to do with it, I think that's the big X factor. Yeah. So I don't know. But either way, it was very nice and uh, they were very gracious and very lovely people and it was very generous of them to have us up and uh, I'm glad my mom 
for the most part, behaved herself. She got a little emotional at the end. They, uh, you know, like kind of gave us the comeback anytime. You know, I don't know if that's like something we're going to like make a habit of because it was like it was nice to see. But like, you know, it's there. It was there was a bit of awkwardness throughout the the day. But we spent a good couple hours there and they were very lovely and, and, and very gracious. So that that's the update. Yay. Yay. Let's take care of our minds, people. Of course, we are talking about our friends at BetterHelp who have been with us for such a long time because we love making access to therapy easier than ever before. What's great about BetterHelp is they make it incredibly easy. They make it more affordable. They make it easy to find a therapist. They get you aligned with a therapist that works for you because it's so convenient. And being convenient, we mean like you can literally find a therapist to work with with BetterHelp within 48 hours of reaching out to BetterHelp. They have so many therapists that they work with. You can try a new therapist every time until you find someone that you really connect with. It's really important that you find someone that you connect with that you want to talk to. Otherwise, you're not going to get the most out of it. So BetterHelp Online Therapy offers videos, phones, and even live chat only therapy sessions, so you don't have to, you know, do a camera thing. Maybe that's not your vibe. That's much more affordable than in-person therapy. You can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. You just take a quick assessment, a quick quiz. We love quizzes. Maybe you just feel a little burnout. Maybe you're stressed at home. Maybe you got some relationship problems. Maybe you're having, feeling some loneliness with a lack of friends in your life. You know, you don't really need a reason. You just have to want to chat. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash V-I-A-L-L-F-I-L-E-S. That's Vile Files. That's betterhelp.com slash V-I-A-L-L-F-I-L-E-S. So Everlywell, Amanda and I both did some Everlywell at-home tests, and they were super easy, super convenient. They come delivered right to your door. You can take the test from home. Mine was a little, like, blood panel, so it come with a little, came with a little finger prick, put it on a little card, packed the card up. Uh, it came with a prepaid shipping label. I just put it in one of those USPS boxes, mailed off. They have an app, notified me a few days later that my test results were ready, listed everything out so that at that point, like if I had wanted to take my results to a doctor, I could have. I didn't need to. I had a clear bill of health, but it was good to know information. And they have a bunch of different tests depending on what you need. Absolutely. They have like STI, STD tests. Um, and the process is so much more seamless than a woman's health test, a food sensitivity test, metabolism. If you're um, curious about your thyroid. Yeah. Yeah. So many options. My least favorite thing about getting blood work done or any kind of testing at the doctor is that I then get all these random bills from the lab like months down the line and I never know what the actual cost is. The nice thing about Everlywell is it's like upfront, you get the test, you, they send it to you, you send it right back, the label is in the container, you don't need to have a printer, and then you get a notification on the app as soon as your results are ready. So it's, also it's just so as quick. cost-efficient. Like it's, I'm shocked at how low their prices are. Affordable and transparent prices, that's right. And then they have your uh, physician-reviewed results. They get sent to you right to your phone or device in just days. And then you can share your results with your primary physician to help guide the next steps. So they have 30 different at-home tests, depending on what you want to do. But in addition to the tests, they also have really high-quality vitamins and supplements to support your health. So you might want to test for some things, but you might also be deficient in other areas. So you can shop there. So everything from like vitamin D3 to omega-3 fish oil, they're really just, they're taking care of you from the inside out. And for our listeners of the show, Everlywell is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com slash V-I-A-L-L. That's everlywell.com slash V-I-A-L-L for 20% off your next at-home lab test. Everlywell.com slash V-I-A-L-L. 
Talking Ooh. about summer houses, should we get into the hot girl summer conversation? Sure. I was doing a little digging because I was thinking to myself the difference of like a hot girl summer versus a relationship summer and how they differ. I was trying to figure out if there was even a name for like a relationship summer. Couldn't really find one. But I did stumble upon this article uh, from July of 2021, and it's entitled, Can I Have a Hot Girl Summer in a Long-Term Relationship? And it's written by Tom Rasmussen. And if I understand correctly, Tom was talking about how he has been with his boyfriend for about six years. They went through the pandemic together. They now have a dog. They've like made all these kind of bigger, more monumental steps in the relationship, but he still has this kind of desire to go out to a club or to, you know, have someone else think he's attractive or flirt with him or have these kind of hot girl summer moments despite seeing someone seriously. The one context I will give is he did describe it as a monogamish relationship despite them being together for six years. So I want to point that out. It's not, doesn't sound like it's fully monogamous. But he was saying that he received not one, but two DMs uh, in the summer of 2021 asking him out or saying that he was cute. And instead of just or like shutting it down completely and saying, like, I have a boyfriend, whatever, he was very intrigued by what that could mean of, you know, is this really a date? Do I spend time with this person that DM'd me? So he wanted to bring it up to his boyfriend because he was saying, you know, if we can't bring these up six years into the relationship or these like hidden desires. How are we going to bring this up when we're like 60? He basically just went up to his boyfriend. And so he went up to his boyfriend and he said, okay, so, um, okay. So I think I've kind of been asked on a date, but obviously, you know, like, I don't know what to say. That's kind of how he brought the cannon on stage. And his boyfriend actually said, you should go. If it's a date, it's a date. If it's not, it's not. We can discuss as we go. So I kind of wanted to have this as a conversation because obviously he said they're monogamish, very different than other relationships that might be just fully monogamous. But I thought there was an interesting concept of, you know, if someone does have these desires to be found attractive by other people or if they want to go out and explore, can you find that nuance within a relationship or how do you kind of accomplish or scratch that itch of a hot girl summer if you are like tied down or with someone seriously? I mean, I think non-traditional relationships are going to become more and more popular as society breaks away from just more traditional forms of of relationships. But I think you're going to have more failed attempts than successful attempts to have these types of like non-traditional relationships with, like, let's say, an open relationship. Or something that allows you to have a hall pass or, or things like that. It just, it requires so much trust. And so much communication. And so much communication yeah. in a relationship. And that I think so many people often use it because they're having doubts about the relationship or reluctance. Because they, it only works if the relationship is in fact truly healthy and you are truly happy and there's no like deeply underrooted issues like not feeling seen or heard or like not feeling loved and things like that. And as a result of the problems in a relationship, you start wondering if there's something better. You know, as as many you know, we people who have been in a monogamous relationship that ended, we we've we've had those feelings of wondering like, oh, could there be something better? You know, how do I explore that? And it would. You know, and I think a lot of people are in, going to incorrectly, you know, use these uh, non-traditional relationships 
is a way to try to like vet out their options while like not losing what they currently have. And I think for those who do that, it's it's going to be an absolute train wreck. And that's why it's going to it's like I think almost never really works because you have to it has it, it only works with when the relationship is in fact healthy and it's like you it's like there has to be this commitment of like expectations of like I'm happy, we're happy. And I think it only works with two people if they recognize that despite this love and this desire to be with one another, that as like red-blooded humans, they're just like, we're attracted to other, we find other people also attractive, right? Like if you have that choice where, like I always say, like I choose to be with my partner. I'm not with my partner because like it's somehow preordained. It's like an act of choice. It's not because I'm not attracted to other anyone else. It's that I am most attracted to you, not only just physically, but emotionally and, you know, all those things. So I think it's just really a challenge to bring up. Uh, I, I don't think like the way it was positioned in this article, like I could pick, I just, I could just picture a lot of people broaching it as like a trial to like a different life. And I think if that's the case, it will not be. And I think that's important too, because what well. I got from the article and I can understand people seeing it as like, oh, like you said, now this is my time to explore other options while still having someone on the back burner. And I think the yeah. way that Tom wrote this article was so interesting because he said multiple times his super hot boyfriend or how, you know, how continue he's still so attracted to his partner. He loves being in a relationship with him. It's just this kind of like other hidden part of him saying, you know, I want to go out. I want to like kiss a stranger. I want to have still that part. I feel like it only works if like you have to be so confident in your partner's feelings towards you and vice versa. It's 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 what stops you from like lose like being so jealous that you lose your mind. It's like you know your partner's out on a date and they're being flirted with and maybe they find that person attractive and even if they find that person attractive or no matter what they do physically, you know that you're you're so confident in their feelings and love towards you that you know that that has nothing to do with that. And that, I think that's just such a unique yeah, that's rare. place to be. But I think that's the only way to do what, what this person, this Tom writer is talking about. Should we get into Khloe Kardashian? Got some criticism for posting a photo of flowers that Tristan sent her for her birthday. And you could Did kind she of I think she hid the tag and then she didn't realize that Instagram had updated and it shows you the tag. What, what I am not following. Under like their under her name it says like whenever you tag someone it'll have like a who you tagged name right there. Okay. So she might have like tagged him so that he got the notification and then shrunk the tags so that no one else saw that it was him. Gosh, and then it still showed up, and I it, don't think she, she was realized exposed. that that was a thing. And yeah. and why did she get criticism? Because he's I cheated think, on her. Yeah, I think people were sort of like, "Oh, are you still? Are you getting drawn back into this toxic cycle type thing?" But I could see from her standpoint, like if I were her and I were overthinking about this, I could see there a point of being like, well, if I'm posting everything people sent me and I don't post his, do I look petty? Even though it's like, no, you don't. You have every yeah, reason to not engage with Yeah, I feel like always in a no-win situation. It's still the father of her daughter. Mm -hmm. And I've only seen a couple episodes of the Kardashians, but the one I did see was Tristan and Chloe like talking about co-parenting and like no matter what no matter what like while they may not be in a romantic relationship, they're, he's still always going to be a part of the family. And then he cheated on her again. But they're not in a relationship. Or did they get back No, together? they were. When all that was happening, they were. And then he, it came out, she like threw him a big birthday party and then it came out that like a couple of days later he got 
obviously slept with a girl because she came pregnant. His personal trainer, I think. She's like a fitness influencer. I don't know if she was training him. But he left the birthday, his birthday in like what, March, flew to Texas and then slept with her a couple weeks later. Yeah. She got pregnant. I guess she only found out because he wrote this like statement. He didn't even tell her ahead of time. for the lawyers, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, I, I, you know, if you're if you're Chloe, it's not super smart on your heart to, like, keep giving the guy a chance, but I can only imagine the challenge of, of having feelings for the, you know, father of your kids and, and hoping to maybe make that work. I don't know if she needs... To put it on know, social media. Well, Just I don't know... yet. If she, yeah, I know I get that. She sounds like she made a mistake, but like I don't know if like she needs like her fan base to like lecture her. The only thing the only one she's hurting is herself is herself, right? Like are are we are 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 people like mad at her because she they're saying she's sending a bad example to her like fans of like taking back cheaters? Is like is that the I just think she she has a history and people insert themselves into the narrative. She's had a history of very much forgiving him over time. Sure. She's prioritized true. She's tried to, you know, turn over a new leaf, get back together with him. I don't think posting the flowers is a sign that she's necessarily like getting back together with him. But I guess that's how people it, are interpreting it. It seems like to me, it seems like her fan base or the critics who are criticizing this are like the friends who you know, have a friend, right, who are, is dating the, the toxic person who's been cheating on them. And we hate that for our friends. But, like, you just got to be there for your friend and, and keep reminding them that they deserve better. And when they don't make the choices you want, you don't say, I told you so, or lecture them. You just keep reminding them that they deserve something better and try to support them in their time of need. And I feel like this audience, instead of just, like, you know, trying to be supportive and reminding her that she deserves better are are putting her down unnecessarily for simply just trying to like, you know, get her personal life and family life right. Again, well, do, do I think she's making smart choices for herself? No. But like who amongst us haven't tried to like, you know, but fight I, for something that we know deep down wasn't right, but like our heart wanted what our heart wanted, you know, like being a good friend isn't saying I told you so. It's just being there whenever your friends need you and trying to remind them, I'll be there to help you pick your feet back up. I don't know. But I think Chloe is the most, in my opinion, self-aware of the Kardashian sisters, Kardashian Jenner sisters. And so I feel like she knew what it would do. And so I that's just, it seems like she wanted people to know that or well, I, I mean, don't know. Everything the Kardashians do you kind of have to take with a little bit of a grain of salt because they are masters of marketing and they, the whole family seems to understand the need and willingness to like cause drama that will uh, like, that will probably, that will create criticism for them, but they like understand the long game and the net positive element of like the relevancy. criticism or not. Yeah, the relevancy. So, like... I feel like she might have just meant to put it on her close friends. (laughs) There is also the point of, like, obviously he's behaved in ways that have humiliated her and made her feel and look, like, really bad. And so I think maybe there's also this part of it that's, like, he's sending me all these flowers. And, like, even though you know it's still not the right answer, like, there's still that little part of you that's, like, the ego that's, like, still a little bit engaged in the situation. And it also begs the question, like, what what do we think him sending these flowers is all about? 
Nothing. Like, just like an it's, easy thing to do. Yes, it's a birthday. That's like what everyone at this level does, I feel like. You should have seen well, I mean, Kim's table before she took uh, her law exam. It was like covered with these giant floral arrangements. I feel like people just yeah, do that. They all get... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what it's like to be in a co-parenting situation, especially if there's not like new partners. Do you still like send a birthday present or a card to like your partner, like say for Mother's Day? You know, like <laughs> what say you met me and I had a that kid. Is like, I know where this is going and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, so basically... We have a kid, and then I break up with you. No. How do you feel? No, let's say I, <laughs> I had a kid you. when you met me. I get a new... <laughs> yeah. no. I cheat on you. I get a pregnant. really, really hot new girlfriend. No. <laughs> Hotter no. than you. Let's say I... Ha- like, when we met, I had a kid. Uh-huh. Would it bother you that I would send, like, a Mother's Day card to my baby mama on Mother's Day? You know, that's a little bit of a sticky sitch. I'll be honest like, with you. Like, what if I was I would like, be I don't a little, know, I, I would have like, a lot of questions. Naturally, yeah. I'd be like, you know, what are, what's... Specifically Mother's Day. I think for a birthday and other stuff, it could be a little weird, but Yeah, like, don't text your ex happy birthday, but maybe send your ex a Mother's Day card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if she's the, if, if she's the mother of your children, I don't know. Like, No, I think you just write a card from the kid. And give it to them. Probably right. Okay. Yeah. yeah involve the kid, the kid with it. Well, yeah. I think it depends on how yeah. civil things are. Because I do think, I yeah, and I agree that, like, I think a big part of the value is being a unified front for your kids. And so I think it's, like, important that your kids see you acknowledging their mom in that way. Because I think that's a lot of the benefit of it is, like, d- like modeling respect and, like, conflict okay. navigation. So there's no, we all agree there's no actual reason for Tristan to be sending her any type of romantic gift for Mother's Day or anything else, given that they are not... I don't think it's romantic, seemingly... though. He sends Kris Jenner flowers, too. I mean, listen, I, I don't, think I don't get just... the whole Kardashian, like, once you're in, you're in, like, rule they have. But, like, they, it's clearly it's a different... It's a rule, yeah. Well, we're talking about them. We're talking about them. Talking about sex. <laughs> do we want to talk about nipples or divorce? All right, Natalie, do you want to talk nipples or divorce? Nipples. Okay. Okay, so Florence Pugh. Nipples for 500, please. (laughs) (laughs) And it's double Jeopardy. (laughs) Daily double. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, Florence Pugh posted a photo of her at the Valentino Fashion Show in Rome. Absolutely stunning, wearing a sheer pink dress. That displays her nipples. And people had some comments. There were a lot of people who wanted to weigh in about her body, etc. She kind of posted another Instagram saying she knew that this would unfortunately probably drum up some controversy, but that she's completely unapologetic about it. And it was just, you know, let's do nipple check-in. Like, where are we at as a society with nipples? Who cares? Who cares what other people are doing? I don't feel like I'm allowed to have an opinion on this. Okay. I feel like it's definitely become a thing because I feel like as we've become more like as people have pushed the envelope in terms of fashion and especially like at events of how much is revealed, it has become part of a conversation like Miley Cyrus, I think, went on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon or something and wore like a jacket and didn't have a shirt on underneath but had to cover her nipple and like made a comment that, oh, well, everything else can show but not the nipple. Or I think of like Cara Delevingne, who was basically shirtless at the Met but had to do like pasties. And it's, like, funny because everything else can be revealed except for, like, that tiny area. Your areola. Yeah. The tiny areola. (laughs) I think it also aligns with people having problems with mothers breastfeeding in public, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is another why the fuck do you care? Like, I'm feeding my child. 
Yeah, it's like if you don't want to see it, just look the other way. Yeah, yeah. Or change the channel, I guess. You know, network television can have its network television type of rules, but like other than that, like if it's not for you, just there are so many options for content out there. If like if Florence Pugh's nipples are like bothering you, bothering you, I don't scroll in, girly. Like, I mean, where did she show this at? Like, some sort of like it was a fashion show, right? Yeah, and she posted it Instagram. So like, this is clearly like an adult event. Like, we're we not, like, worried about, like, corrupting the youth, you know, right? Like. Right. I mean, I don't, I don't think she's, like, flashing children. I don't think, like, no, parents, yeah. like, this is not, like, parents being like, oh, my God, now my, like, my kids are going to see a nipple. I also I, think I just there's, like, like, a huge generational shift with the nipple. Like, I think for, I think, well, bra-wise, for sure. Like, I think underwire bras are special occasion now. And I think bralettes sure. are the new normal. I think the pandemic accelerated this. And I think it's always been a thing amongst so, like Gen Z. And so I think there's naturally this like ever evolving, like, can we, can we chill out about this? And also we're now wearing undergarments where it's where like Where is visible. the criticism coming from? Is it coming from like older, more conservative women or is it coming from men? I think there was a lot of, in her po- follow-up post that she was responding to, it was specifically men commenting about her body and I think specifically, it's like, I don't want to platform this, but I do want to disagree with it, which is just that, like, I think men were, one of the things she alluded to is that people were referring to her as, like, flat-chested, et cetera, and kind of this inherent, like, misogyny of, like, if you're going to show this, like, why don't you have the goods type thing? And I think her just, like, a big part of her sort of follow-up and, like, speaking out was just being like, I know exactly what I look like. I chose to do this. Please don't, like, nobody asked, so stop talking. Time for texting office hours. How's it going? Hey, Nick. Uh, my name is Catherine, and I'm 22 years old. Catherine, how can we help? So whenever I first wrote in, I thought I would need help drafting a text to shoot my shot with a guy that had not responded to a text. But since then, things have progressed as of, like, Saturday night. Long story short, I just moved to a new city and we met on Hinge and just to meet new people. And we found out that we went to the same college. And this was weird because the college is like eight hours away from where we live now. And even weirder, we found out that his best friend is my best friend's brother. And so that was kind of like the basis of like us hanging out. Like we had that to fall back on in our conversation. But we went on like three dates or like we just went out for drinks. I met some of his friends. Um, I took your advice at first and I was just like, this could be just a new friend in a new city. But by the second date that we were hanging out, um, there were definitely more flirty vibes going on. The next weekend, I had a friend come in. Uh, She flew into town and we were going out. And so I decided I'm going to ask him to hang out. He's asked me to hang out three times. I asked him to come out and he said, yes, definitely. The time came around and he said he was caught up at work and he couldn't make it anymore. And that's a reoccurring theme in the story. He works a lot. Flash forward like the next Wednesday, he texted me and he asked me um, how my weekend was, if my friend had a good time. And we started a conversation and he told me that him and one of his friends, that's a girl, were talking about me that day. And He said that he was going out of town for the weekend, but I should text this girl's name 
uh, to go out because she wanted to go out with me for some reason. And so I texted him and I said, uh, yeah, like give her my number. I'm down to go out. And then I asked him why he was going to this place that he was going. And that's whenever he never responded. So that's whenever I emailed in and was asking for help if I should text him again and like shoot my shot, ask him to hang out. But then this past Saturday night, he asked me, I hadn't heard from him in like three weeks, two or three weeks. And he asked me if I wanted to go grab a drink. And I immediately jumped on board. I was like, hell yes, let's do this. Uh, He made a whole plan. Um, He said, be ready at eight. Um, And then I was going to drive over to his part of the town and we were going to go out around there. So eight o'clock comes around. I'm fully ready. My makeup is done, everything. And he texts me and he says, hey, sorry, um, still caught up at work. Let's do another night. And I was just really What what day of the week was this? This was a Saturday night. And he sends a text at 7.57 p.m. Yes. And he works at a golf course. So, you know, it makes sense, I guess. But who's golfing at 8 o'clock at night is my question. And he told me that in the text, um, he said, like, he, as he was texting me, he thought he was leaving work, but he got caught up. But, like, I just don't what know. Is, does he, what like, to run believe. a pro shop? Does he, like, what does he put do? the carts yeah. away? What is his position? Um, he's, I don't know how to explain it, but he's, like, the manager of, like, the, maintaining the yard i guess okay the grounds so, crew uh, like the, man- yes, facilities the grounds management crew, that's a better term okay so yeah. if, like someone scuffed up a couple of greens he would have been caught up at work and had to stay back to clean him up or something or put someone I in guess charge so. of that let's just I assume so. for the time being he's was in fact tied up at work unless okay. are you doubting are you doubting that he's even being honest i don't know like a few of my friends were like that's kind of sketchy. Like it's a Saturday night, but the way he, like whenever we were hanging out in person, the way he talked about it, he sounded like work is his life. Um, there was one time whenever he picked me up for our day and he was on the phone about a work call, which red flag, but, or, you know, it's kind of annoying, but how old is this guy? He's 25. But that was Saturday. Has he followed up since? No. Um, I responded and I said, okay, no worries. Um, and he responded again and said, sorry, oh, I'll make, it, make up it up to you. And he hasn't, in fact, made it, made it up to you yet. He has not. No. So I guess my question is, like, if he does text me to, like, make it up to me, quote unquote, do I even go for it? Like, should I just ditch this guy or should I, like, play hard to get? I think if you reached, if if he reached out, like, unfortunately, in this day and age, like, people are so passive in like their dating mm-hmm. approach. So, I mean, have you, do you, have you hung out during I the week? I would say if he texts you again and says, Hey, sorry about last time. Like let's, or do you want to get dinner tonight? You can be like, would love to, but I don't really feel like getting stood up again. <laughs> yeah. That's good. I don't really yeah. feel like getting ditched again. And then he can be like, Oh wait, no, no, no. My bad. Sorry. Wait. I mean, that's one approach. Definitely. <laughs> I think that's what good. Would you, what would you do? Well, I mean, it just he, I don't know. He could honestly she, be getting tied up at work. If she knows? just well, that's the thing, right? Like, if he is a dedicated at this job, and let's say he <laughs> loves it, has a passion for it. Like, I don't know anything about you. Know more about golf courses than I do, but maybe 
like something came up and as shitty as it is like that you got ready and had your makeup on if it was an actual reason then you what? you like but three minutes, it's the timing is the thing. I what think the time fact does that he, it get dark yeah. in, in where you live? What time does it get dark? Nine. It gets dark, yeah, like nine o'clock, nine fifteen ish. What I'm saying is there's people like they can't uh, work in the dark. The sun's going well, down at eight has, o'clock. You like, ha- she has to decide whether she believes them or not. Regardless of whether it's true or not, it's the fact that he he could have communicated a lot more proactively because I think it's it's a different kind of sting when you're already ready. For the exactly. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like it's I was three minutes my... beforehand. Right. Like right. you got to that. When were you supposed yeah. to get together? Eight. So yeah. Eight. And he well, texted you at seven fifty-seven. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's insane. And like he knew. Like he texted me. I think first around like six thirty-ish. Like asking me if I wanted to hang out. And so I immediately got ready. Like he had to know I was getting ready. And I was. And at seven fifty-seven, he had to know I was fully but, ready. I don't know. Cause I had to draw, I was going to be driving like 20 minutes to where he lives. You were supposed to be there at eight. No, he was gonna, he was supposed to text me and tell oh, me okay. when I could head that way. Oh, like okay. whenever he left work and he could, I could go. Okay. But he said like around yeah. eight or something, right. As like kind of right. loose. Do you think he's going to reach out? Well, I didn't think he would reach out after he didn't answer my text about asking him why he was going to the city, but he did. I don't know. I think he will, but I don't want to get my hopes up. You can say, for sure, would love to, but let's make this a plan when you're off of work for good. Yeah. You know, I, I like how you're going with that. You say, like, I would love to. You start with, I would love to. Uh-huh. But let, let's figure out a way that, like, prevents you from flaking on me. Like, call him out okay. for the thing. Like, you know what I'm saying? But, like, I wouldn't just say, nah, like, I'm not interested I in. No, I said, would love to, unless you want to ditch me again. I just don't feel like getting ditched again. <laughs> well, I'm fine with you. Didn't lead with the I love to. Yeah, I think you can throw in a little sass. Okay, especially with so a just, winky face, you know, so that way it's playful and not passive. Okay, all that I all like depends that. on if you plan on ditching me, like flaking on me again. Yeah, I just don't like. No one likes like to be two. called a flake. He flaked. Right. He did. And this flake. isn't the first time, right? Like, did y'all have plans again? Like, wasn't there another time where he? Yeah. So the whenever my friend came in town, um, I invited him. Like, this was me reaching out to him to come out, and he had to work <laughs> again. So, like, well, yeah, I'd just be like, well, when's it, when do you have a school night, or when's not a school night, or a work night, or something? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. There's ways that so you saying, can say like, it was... playfully, but also like, yeah. Let's not let like, them know I'm not you are interested in this game of yeah. You let them know you're right. interested, but like you also like respect yourself not to like keep doing this. Like you you exactly. can let him know that he's being inconsiderate while still like showing an interest and in, like hoping that this this is not who he is. Okay, yeah. See, I just didn't want to. That was my dilemma. Is I just didn't want to seem too available whenever he came around. I don't worry about being too available. It's just more, it's like, how do you, like, I, I, you know, the whole not worrying if you, like, overthinking if you're available, like, I think it's fine if you say you like someone. There's a difference between being too available and being, like, okay with someone not being, like, mindful of your time. It's really productive when you kind of, like, challenge a guy's, like, no guy wants to, like, no one in general, like, wants to be, like, thought of as unreliable or flaky like how can maybe it's just like thank god you're not like this at work because you would be fired or something like that (laughs) yeah that's good he's not flaky to his job 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I also, though, wouldn't if he does reach out to you and you are doing something else, I wouldn't like blow off what you're doing to jump to hang out with him. Like, I would just be honest. Like, no, I'm actually like busy. I'm doing something else. But like, let's try for tomorrow or something. You know, like I wouldn't. I would. uh, I've done that before where like I've made plans with a girlfriend and then a guy texts me and he's like, hey, do you want to get to like get together? And I'll text my best friend and be like, hey, sorry. Like he reached out. If he he reaches out to you and asks you to hang. (laughs) If he reaches out to you. uh, She's absolutely right. If she reaches out to you and asks you to hang out day of hard. No. Yeah. Okay. Be like, no, no, no. And then you, that's where you can throw in a joke. Be like, I'd love to get together sometime, but like you don't have a great track I don't record trust in your following work through the day of. Like you need to plan some things. And let's like do it in a, like let's plan it on a day where maybe like you're not working so you don't flake on me again. Okay. And like, yeah, we, yeah. And then that's way that like, then you can throw in a little bit of sass while you're challenging him to like step up and be like a reliable person. Right. And then, yeah, hit him with the, like, um, I have plans tonight. Either way, I don't think it's in your best interest because, like, you're not very reliable when making plans the day of. That's a little much. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Calling a guy not reliable, like, it, he will want to prove that he is. Yeah. You're not the most okay. reliable making plans the day of. Definitely not. He's, He's definitely not. But... Yeah, I like that approach because I also I'm not a big fan of like playing hard to get. I just feel like it's playing games. So yeah, I, I feel no, like tell that's him you like him, but just between. yeah, call him out on his behavior. Okay, I can definitely do that. Because Amanda's right. Like seven fifty seven. Like he couldn't. He he found that. Like when he would then he was going to be what? How late? Thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah. He he didn't tell me like how late he would be, but he would just just. A general like I'll text you when to head this way. So I was already already off to a bad start. Exactly, exactly. Because that's already a sticky situation. You're just waiting for someone to text you to leave. I've been there too. Yes. Yeah. No. And I just felt like a damsel in distress, just sitting on my couch. Like, okay, well, what do I do now? Like, I'm all like I'm all dressed up, and then, but yeah. He absolutely only gets one last shot. By the way, I was gonna ask that. I mean, I was already thinking that, but. Yeah, I think a third shot's enough for sure. Three strikes and you're out. <laughs> All right. You got your answer. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much. This is so helpful. All right. Take care. Okay. Good luck. Thank you. Okay. And then we also have some like more rapid fire questions that got sent in that might be fun. Uh, this one is about chewing. If anyone would like to know more, <laughs> shall we jump into it? God, um, that was my life listening to Nick chew. Ouch. All right. Hi, Nick. Desperately need help during texting office hours. My friend went on five or six dates with a guy and really liked him, but he has the syndrome where you don't like chewing. And after hearing her eat something alone, he ghosted her. It was our theory that he got scared of her chewing and dipped. Three months have gone by and he called and left a two minute voicemail apologizing and said he was working through things and wasn't ready for a relationship. My friend still has a mini crush on him and wants to be breezy and respond, but isn't sure what to say. Can y'all help her craft something to be casual, but potentially see where things go? I have too many follow-up questions here. Like, how do they know it was because of the chewing? Right. Because this two-minute voicemail about, like, needing to work on himself doesn't seem like 
It was about chewing. But what if he's working on his fear of chewing? He could be working on his fear of chewing. Maybe that's what he's working through. So he called and he left a two-minute voicemail apologizing. Three months later. Three months later. And she wants to, like, respond to this voicemail? Voicemail? That's, like, easy breezy, potentially see where it goes. Yeah, like, reinitiate contact. But he's, like, he's, he's done that. So, like, she just has to respond. Yeah. Apologizing and he's working through like. Thank but he also apologizing, said, I hope. He I think she like gets a pack a of Big League Chew and just puts a bunch of gum in her mouth and calls him back and just... <laughs> Ew. Ew. But if he also says he's like working through things and not ready for a relationship, do we even need to... Does he, did he, he's still not? It's he's, been three months. I feel like it takes a lot longer to work through a chewing fear than three months. It is a good sign that I he mean, thought of her. After three months, that it's been weighing on him to the degree that after three months he would reach out with his voicemail. I wouldn't give him too much credit. He's still like ghosted. Yeah, not not net positive. I would call him back and say thank you for apologizing. I hope working on yourself goes great. Ttyl. Well, if she's not interested in going out with him, why 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 follow up? Because no, she, she says she does she still wants have to. a crush on him. Yeah. yeah. No, I know, but you you said you your advice was to like talk to you. Because, like, obviously he's still working on himself. And if he still has this fear, like, she's still obviously going to chew around him. So, like, he needs to continue to work on himself. And once that work is done... Well, we don't know if it's actually that was the issue. I It sounds like her and her girlfriend sat down. And, when, like, when you get ghosted, you don't know why. So you just guess. Mm-hmm. You're like, how can someone just disappear on me? Ah, and they came I up with... I chewed. <laughs> So, like, I'm assuming that's not the actual reason. And the reason is he just, you know, I'm almost certain he just likes someone else more. And instead of, like, having the guts to tell her, he just peaced out. And he thinks him saying, I'm working on myself sounds better than I chose someone else over you. Mm. I'd be willing to bet. But you don't know that it's someone else. Just like I don't know. don't know that it's the chewing. I just don't think it's very common for anyone, especially like young men, to be so immature that they randomly flake and then like come back and leave this two minute voicemail like owning up to their like needing to work on on themselves and being ready for a relationship. I think he probably was on a dating app, had a couple matches and he liked one better girl better than her. And this is kind of a bullshit story. Well, I'm also, now that I'm looking at this myself, I'm a little confused because it says after five to six dates with him. Yeah. So what were you doing on the five dates that didn't involve chewing? Like why on right? the sixth date did you finally have a meal with him? It's not that the he heard you yeah. chewing well, it said and that he she, ghosted. I wonder if it was the alone element where like before they'd been Hearing her together. eat something alone. Which is still... Oh. So, like, the poor girl just got hungry and, like, reached for a snack. <laughs> the poor babe got hungry yeah, and she got ghosted. I don't think it's the chewing. <laughs> and as far as what she should reach out to, if she really wants to hang out with him, just reply to him and say, Hey, thanks, thanks for the for... voicemail. Want to grab a coffee? And then ask more questions. <laughs> Is I don't grab think a the coffee same thing? and a, and a apple? <laughs> and a bagel. <laughs> I, I don't think this is her guy. That's my two cents. But if, she, like... Yeah, just follow up with them and say, let's let's get together. Yeah, I would say, thanks for the voicemail. Let me know if you want to grab a hey, drink. Hey, stranger. <laughs> like, 
Nice yeah. to hear from you. Glad to hear you're alive. You, you like throwing in some sass. I do. That's None of this when you is get a ghosted surprise. or when someone doesn't respond. Like, you deserve some sass. You don't deserve yeah. just a purely sweet, innocent text back. Well, I think he deserves deserve not to have a second chance with her, but she seems to... She still has a mini crush. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, if, you, if you're willing to forgive this person for doing this, then, like, you know, like, it's like, it's like when you get cheated on. Like, no one's saying it back to this person, but if you're going to choose to forgive someone, you, you don't, like... It's not helping the reconnection and the building of like this broken relationship by like throwing in jabs. But like, like one little one at the beginning, you had me throw in a jab when a guy ghosted me on a dating app and then came back up three months later. You had me say something along the lines of like, wow, like didn't I think if she's going to give him a hard time, she does it in person. So does she just say okay. like, want to grab coffee this week? But like, wow, surprised to hear from you. Uh, yeah. I'm glad you're working. Like, so, sounds like you've thanks really for made some. Thanks glad you're for, work, yeah. yeah. And then I would have her say, I'm free. One, pick one day that she's free and give him one window. So I would say something like this. Thanks for reaching out. Glad to hear you're working on yourself. I'm available Thursday. If you and want to grab coffee. If you want, yeah. to get, if you want to grab coffee and give him one option, like I give him a small window to make, to like shift his plans to see you. I like that. But it has to be enough time in advance to where he can switch his mind. He can't yeah, be like, give tomorrow. Him like th- <laughs> give him like a three, like if it's Monday, say Thursday or Friday mm-hmm. or whatever. Give him like a three-day lead time, and but give him one specific date in which you're available and that's it. And see if he's willing to like go out of his way. If he's not, like, and again, if he's just like, and, and don't make it at like two in the afternoon where he might have a work, you know. Unless he has a very specific reason why, like, oh, I got a softball game, or I guess, like, or, or, but it was like, oh, I have other plans. Other plans aren't, like, aren't good enough. He has to have, like, a very specific reason why he can't make that one window, and other plans aren't it. That's my two cents. Well, I think that's, uh, I think that's it. Thanks for uh, thanks for bearing with us, uh, dear listener, as we try to muscle through this week while we were traveling international. Nick, will you dear do listener. your outro in a British accent, Nick and Natalie? Please. <laughs> will you take? Thank you so much, Thank you so much, everybody. It was absolutely <laughs> lovely to chat with you. Back uh, next week in studio, we have Blake Moynes uh, doing the recap for our Bachelor recap. And we have Jeff Perloff from the new hit show, The One That Got Away, uh, to join us. On Going Deeper, big week ahead next week. Also, as always, you're Ask Nick on Mondays. We thank you for listening. Subscribe, tell your friends, all that fun stuff. Babe, thanks for uh, being with us this week. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Allie, Amanda, great work as always. Love thanks you, Thanks for keeping the fort Happy down. anniversary. Happy oh, anniversary. Wait, cute. <laughs> <laughs> it's not our anniversary, but we'll just take it. Right. I mean, everything's technically an anniversary. That's true. It's just not a big one. <laughs> Day. <Yeah>. Bye. <laughs>love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket have a turbo tax expert file your taxes for you by march 31st to get a hundred dollars back instantly because no matter what moves you made last year turbo tax makes them count that means getting 100 back and 100 accurate taxes only from intuit turbo tax 
Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 